For those uh, who are visiting, my name's Steve Holmes, I'm part of the leadership team here, and this is Mike who will be preaching to us um, in just a moment. It's, it's good to be able to say thank you to people when something comes to an end. Uh, we said thank you to Tamara just now, we said thank you to Elizabeth uh, for her role in our preaching team and uh, leading worship as she and Todd left a couple of weeks back. The danger is when you don't have a fixed end, that people work and work and work uh, and never get noticed or recognized. Um, it's something over 50 years, quite a lot over 50 years, since Mike first preached for us in this church. And through good times and bad, through various ministries, and particularly through various gaps between ministries, Mike has continued to faithfully bring God's word to us, and he'll be doing it again today. And we wanted to take this chance just to say thank you, just to honor Mike for all his work. I know that this won't be Mike's last sermon. <laughs> we trust and pray that this won't be Mike's last sermon. And uh, we know that Mike has preached all across Fife and Ang into Angus and elsewhere as well while um, he's been here. But he's been such a significant servant to this church uh, for so many years that, Mike, we just want to say thank you for that. Um, it's, uh, you'll all have memories, or all of you who are regular here will have memories of Mike's sermons, of the times when he's brought his academic expertise in physics into the, uh, um, to illustrate a point. Um, I remember several times, Mike, you introducing a series on a book with lots of research and, and, and really painting a, um, a scene that made those of us who came to preach after made our job much easier. And I've always been grateful when um, I've followed on after that. But whatever it's been, at the heart of it has been faithful, careful exposition and application of God's word. And for that, we're simply grateful. So thank you, Mike, for all you've done. Mike's wife, Judy, is going to come um, and read for us in a moment. Mike's been in the church since 1965. Judy arrived more recently. She came in 1966. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Abby's just going to come and... Uh, Well, so Mike doesn't have a present today. <laughs> Only two words, thank you. But you, Judith, you are the one standing tall behind Mike, and we recognize how you spend time alone because Mike have had to hide himself and uh, looking into the Bible and praying and doing all sorts of uh, uh, studies in order to bring God's word. And many a time, you wanted to be with Mike, but Mike, unfortunately, is not there. So we recognize uh, all that it takes to um, be still and wait for God's people to be fed spiritually and allowing Mike to do that. So thank you, and that's a flower for you. Get some. Uh, We're going to pray for you both. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Mike. 
and Judy. We thank you, as Steve has said. My goodness, all those years of faithful ministry. And even today, as Mike brings to us your word, read by Judy, we ask that you use them mightily that through the reading of your word we may hear you through the proclamation of the word that's being read we may hear you and take the word to heart and pray father for this couple pray for their family that you bless them may your face continue to shine upon them as they continue to journey with us uh, together for your glory, using us, your people, to advance your kingdom. So be so close to Mike and Judy and the family. It is with deep gratitude that uh, we bring uh, these requests before your throne of grace for Mike and Judy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The first reading comes from Acts chapter 19, when Paul was in Ephesus. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to those who were ill, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, were doing this. One day, the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I know about. Who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. The second reading comes from Ephesians chapter 3, when Paul was writing to the people in the church which he had helped to found, starting at verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all God's holy people, 
to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Well, friends, thank you for your kind words and your best wishes. However, I recall a story about the late American politician Adlai Stevenson, who was given such a welcome on one particular occasion, and who then stood up and said, after an introduction like that, I can hardly wait to hear myself speak. I'd like to give a particular welcome to all of those who are online with us this morning, those following on television downstairs, and the many who are with us on Zoom, who are on YouTube. There are far more of them than you would suppose, that I had supposed. A few weeks ago, Judy and I were following the morning service on YouTube, and we were screen number, number 192, which means that there are those of you who are you on YouTube, there are a lot more of you out there than there are of us in here this morning. And this is part of the outreach of the church and we welcome you and we are very glad that we can share God's word together. A word of prayer. May every word that is spoken and every word that is heard and every thought that passes through our minds be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. In preparation for this morning, I was chatting a few weeks ago with one of our elders, Fiona Barnard, who for many years, or she's been for many years in this church, but for many years, she worked with Friends International. And in, it, her part in St. Andrews in particular took the place of welcoming students, particularly Asian students, students from Southeast Asia and others as well, into her home, conducting Bible studies for them. And through them, we definitely know that some of these overseas students came to faith and took their faith back home to their home countries with them. And she was then able to herself pay a visit to some of these countries in Southeast Asia, catching up with some of these students and their families in their hometowns, their home cities, their home countries, and in discovering what life for them was like. And as she reported back on that, one of the things she commented on was that there were very many shrines in all these countries. I've got some pictures on here. Uh, these, these, these pictures actually happen to come from Cambodia, but there we have a shrine in a street, and the next picture shows us a shrine in a colonnade, and the, 
one after this is now a private garden where there is a shrine there. And some of the shrines are impressive, like this one here, and some of them are very crude and primitive, like this one here. And in some cases, of course, the whole building constitutes a shrine. And it became clear to Fiona that they knew, the people who were going to these shrines knew full well what they were praying for, success in business, success in marriage, success in exams, family matters of one sort or another. But when Fiona asked them, who are you praying to? The answers were vague and indefinite very often. Praying to God, praying to a God, praying to a spirit, praying to ancestors. It was uncertain. Now, in Ephesus, there were no such complications at all. There was no uncertainty at all. There was the great temple of Artemis, one of the wonders of the world, or known in the, in the early version, Bible versions as the temple of Diana, which contained the image that fell from heaven. Now, what that image looked like, nobody is certain. There are images of Artemis, of which there is one on the screen right now. Some people have even speculated that because it fell from heaven, it was in fact a meteorite, but nobody knows these things. But there's not much remaining of the temple of Diana or, or the statue. Thank you for the slides. So, you could, if you were in Ephesus at that time, pray to her, Diana, Artemis, or you could, if you wanted to, pray to, directly to a spirit. You could buy a book, it would be a little papyrus scroll, which probably cost you a lot of money because the writer of the scroll would want to do good business by selling it to you. And this scroll would tell you how to do it. And the scroll would start off something rather like this. And in case anybody is getting a bit nervous at this point, I'm not at this point going to conjure up a spirit in this church here. But the, the, the scrolls might start off something like this. I conjure you, holy light, holy brightness, breadth, depth, length, and height. Haven't we heard those words before just recently? By the holy names that I have spoken and am now going to speak. And here what you do is you insert all the names by which the spirit you wish to summon up might be named. And there might be many names and there might be many variations. And you would take care to recite them all and hope that one of them would hit the spot. Remain by me at the present time until I pray to the God and learn about the things that I desire. Well, Judy read to us out of Acts chapter 19 where it spectacularly didn't work and where the Christians became convicted that they shouldn't be using these books, these papyri, and they staged a massive bonfire of them all. But Paul, in today's reading, knows of a better way. And so the opening words that Judy read to us was these, for this reason I kneel before the Father. And this refers back to the beginning of chapter 2. And what was the reason? Why did Paul kneel before the Father? 
because he knew that what God had done in Ephesus was that he had built together Jews and Gentiles to become a dwelling in which God dwells by his spirit. And so Paul says, I kneel before the Father with this special plea for you all. And immediately we come across the concept of God as Father. God, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. Father of all believers, yes. But also, Paul says, in one sense, the Father of all humanity. We can say to unbelievers that God is your Father, even though you may not want to accept this just now. And it's worthwhile noting here that Islam has no concept of God as Father at all. And I was listening this morning to the Sunday morning program, the program that deals with the religious news between about 10 past 7 and 10 to 8 in the morning. And I was listening to this and there was quite a section this morning on the fatherhood of God. And for some people, and it may be for some people here, or for some people who are online, this is a difficult matter because for some of these people, they may have had a father who was not particularly kind to them, was not particularly considerate. In the worst cases, some fathers resorted to abuse of one sort or another. And of course, there are some people, some Christians, who have no concept of an earthly father at all because they have never known their father. And the question is, how can one speak of the father of all humanity? And perhaps the way to think about this at this point is to say that Paul is concerned about these turning to spirits and other divinities like the Diana Artemis. And he wants to say that I want to tell you about something, some person who is greater than any of these to whom you should turn and this person you may call father because God is their father. And whether we are in this meeting this morning, particular believers or not, God is our father. And what struck me particularly about this passage as, as Judy read it to us was that the word power keeps on cropping up. Power crops up in verse 16, verse 18, and verse 20. And the first slide, thank you, verse 16 there. I pray that you may have power, each of you power, in your spirit, in your inner being. We need power because for many of us, life just gets us down. Maybe we are looking after ourselves or we are looking at the relatives in the consequence of lockdown from which people are still suffering. We are at work, continuing the same work as we did before, but with fewer resources because of general cutbacks. We are managing the family budget, which is smaller than it was before. We are coping with ill health and endless hospital visits. Uh, yesterday, I had the thrill of a, a bus journey to Perth Royal Infirmary and back to have my middle scanned in a CT machine. And I also, just the day before, received a couple of letters saying, come into further appointments, we want to see you. It just goes on. And so many of us are just faithfully plodding along in the Christian way, 
day after day, month after month, year after year. And so Paul prays for these Ephesian believers, and he prays for them personally too. And we can do this, that we may know God personally in our inner beings, deep within our very selves, that God, out of his glorious riches, will strengthen us with power for every need so that you, we, I may have this assurance to know that because we have faith in Christ, he is really, truly dwelling in our hearts. A couple of weeks ago or so, I was feeling particularly down, partly with all these medical complications. And I recalled, I recalled a song that we sing from time to time in this church, which contains these words, I'm not a slave to fear, I am a child of God. And I can remember going out and walking down the street and saying to myself over and over, I am not a slave to fear, I am a child of God. I'm not a slave to fear, fear. I am a child of God. The second thing that Paul writes about here under power is that he prays for them collectively. The first was rather individual, the second is collectively. Together with all God's holy people, he says, that as a church, they too may have the power to grasp the vastness of Christ's love for them. It is limitless in its length and breadth and height and depth. And some, some writers have even wondered whether Paul knew perfectly well what was written in these scrolls about length, breadth, height, and depth. And he hijacks these words and brings them into his letter at this point. Where do you go to know true length, depth, height, and breadth? The love of God. There is nothing that the love of God cannot encompass. But how might this relate to us as a church? What is the future going to be of St. Andrew's Baptist Church? We wonder about these things. Where and how shall we continue to meet? What should we be doing? How should we be changing and growing? Such things, Paul writes, surpass our knowledge and we cannot of ourselves know them. But one thing surpasses all knowledge, Paul says, and this Paul prays for the Ephesian church. What we should also pray for this fellowship of ours, all of you out there and all of us in here, that St. Andrew's Baptist Church should come to have the power to realize how limitless the love of God, the love of Christ for St. Andrew's Baptist Church and for us all and for every other church on planet Earth, how great this power is. And thirdly and finally, in the doxology, to draw to a close this morning. Now to him, our Father, I hope it's up on the screen, verse 20, thank you. Now to him, our Father, who is able to do immeasurably more than we, each of ourselves, or all of us together as a fellowship, can possibly ask or even begin to imagine 
according to his power that is already at work in us. Do we believe this? To him be glory in each of us, in this church, in all churches, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever.